Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th T podcast, Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy with you. It's actually a pleasure to say Nathan Drudy is with you. It's been a little while between drinks for me and my good mate. Uh, we've yeah. been through a period of travel for work. We've been through a period of illness. And I'm pleased to say that he's done me the the pure favour of joining me on his birthday. So I'm going to embarrass you front on and, <laughs> and wish you a very happy birthday. 21 again, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, good to see you go around. You're looking youthful as ever. Thanks. Uh, but it is it is good to have your company, Drew. We've got plenty to get through tonight. There's, of course, the Asia-Pacific Amateur uh, over the weekend down there at Royal Melbourne. We're heating up for the Queensland PGA up here in Nudgee Golf Club this weekend. And all eyes are pointing towards Royal Queensland in a couple of weeks' time for the PGA. But, Drew, some very exciting news off the top. And if you're tuning in via the YouTube channel, uh, you can already see that we have a guest. Uh, but you and I did, I think, what they call in the industry a tease. Did a, a couple little breadcrumbs last week on the on the social saying that there was some news coming. Um, we had some people speculating whether it was good or bad. I don't know what that says about us. People immediately jumped at thinking it was bad news. I can assure you it most certainly is not. Um, but I won't. Give it away just yet because it's probably best we introduce our special guest this evening. Uh, uh, his official title is Merchandise Manager for Cobra Puma Golf Australia, but he is a good, very good, maybe one of the OG friends of this podcast, uh, Brenton Ford 40. It's a pleasure, as always, to welcome you back to the 19th tee. Gents, thanks for having me. And obviously, Drew's happy birthday, big fella. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Feel Thank very you. privileged to be joining today. That's wonderful. He definitely wasn't uh, anticipating or hoping for that level of commitment to wishing him happy birthday this early in the podcast. So thanks for joining in. Forty, uh, you are joining us this evening because we are very proud to announce that our great friends, yourself included, at Cobra Puma Golf have increased their support of this podcast to become our brand new and first ever presenting partner. So moving forward, this will be the 19th D podcast presented by Cobra Puma Golf. Very exciting news, mate. I was only reflecting this afternoon. Um, what started is literally a coffee shared between you and I at a little cafe in the inner suburbs of Brisbane, Paddington, uh, for those familiar with the Southeast. Uh, you know, four or five years down the track uh, has blossomed into a wonderful friendship, not only personally, but between our two brands. And we couldn't be couldn't be prouder to welcome, you know, Cobra Puma Golf on as our first ever presenting partner. Mate, and we couldn't be more excited. And I mean, that was... Yeah, that's flown. And uh, also pre-COVID and <laughs> all the other changes and now I'm down in Melbourne. But um, yeah, flashback, that was a very good time. But yeah, mate, we couldn't be more excited as a brand. Obviously, it's been a journey. Um, plenty of emails, plenty of catch-ups and, and making this happen. And um, yeah, now we're stoked. It's, I think the brand synergy works really well and, and we love what you guys do. And um, yeah, really excited to see what we can produce this summer and into next year. Really exciting time for the brand as well. Forty, obviously, you know, we we spoke earlier in the year about the Aerojets and they're doing wonderful things at the moment in the market. I'm, I know that there'll be another exciting release coming early in the new year, but also through to the apparel. I mean, talk about uh, relevancy at the moment. You've got the defending Order of Merit champion David Michaluzzi with the Nitros on his foot Falcons playing his first tournament uh, of the summer this weekend at the Queensland PGA. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, he's uh, he's flying. He has been 
uh, a huge part of our brand. We're stoked that obviously he's on the European tour next year. Um, but I mean, what an amazing uh, one bloke, but two golfer. He's an absolute jet. And yeah, he's out there representing the cap on his chest. And like I said, nitro's on his feet, which is a huge win for us. What's, I mean, it's been a little while since we had you on 40, but and we, we do keep tabs um, because A, we're golf nerds and B, we love the brand. Um, but what's been happening? I guess in the Cobra Puma universe. I mean, it's a it's an open ended question for you to give us thirty to ninety seconds, however long you really want here to talk about. Um, I mean, what you've been up to personally, but what the brand's been up to, because obviously we see it on social media, but it's great to get it, you know, from the horse's mouth and uh, really get to get to know what's been happening around the traps at Cobra Puma there. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, for us, like looking back, thinking back on twenty twenty three, it was pretty big for the brand again because of like Ricky's back, right? It's been mm. a big one for us, the major season. Think how he performed this year. And um, he is our needle, right? Or he is the needle for us in golf. And even just recanting a story the other week, I was in the US at the time at head office when the US Open was on um, and tossing up whether to go or not. Um, but one of the really cool things that sort of flagged with me how big a needle he was, like we, he wore a pretty crazy polo on the Saturday um, and obviously played well, played in the final group. And, yeah, within 24 hours of that happening, they sold a 1,000 units of that polo across the US and the UK, right. which is pretty nuts. And we hadn't seen that kind of, um, you know, that kind of reaction for, for his apparel in, in a long time, and especially because he hasn't been in sort of in that position in a while. So, yeah, it's a huge thing for us to have him back. Obviously, he's a pillar for us in men's golf and likes his killing on the women's side as well and, and doing amazing things, even at the Solheim Cup and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it's big for the brand on on TV, which is great. We're seeing more of the cat. Um, and then from a hardware side um, and a personal side, we've just been working really hard on what's coming next year. Um, the plans to make that bigger and better, especially locally. Um, you know, partnering with all our guys in Australia and, and obviously with you guys here. And, and I'm sure that we plan to catch up this summer. You'll get a sneak peek of it a couple of months before it launches and we'll have yes. a play around with it um, and look forward, to, look forward to your feedback. But it's probably... Yeah, it's definitely probably one of the most excited I've been for a hardware launch. Um, and I think that people are going to really, really like the aesthetic of it. I think it looks unbelievable. You mentioned there's obviously a lot a lot coming, but I guess also if we cast our minds back over the past 12 months for, for Australian golf, for us anyway, we've been preaching how big last summer was and, and how important it was in in terms of the broader golf economy. And, and you guys are at you know, you guys are one of the pillars of that. I mean, do you kind of just throwing your mind back over the past 12 months from an Aussie perspective, kind of see that the same that have you seen some great growth within the Australian market for the brand and, and how much do you see that moving forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Australia's gone strength to strength through COVID golf's obviously gone crazy. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you guys were there, but live was probably one of the most insane things I've seen in Australian golf. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. It was my, first, my wife's first time. We got, I framed it as a winery holiday, but we ended up on the golf. And um, <laughs> she, uh, it was her first time seeing a golf tournament and, and the questions and um, actually understanding the players and, and what's happening and then being interested in golf afterwards has been a big surprise. So what they're doing for golf in Australia is, was massive. I think like Live Adelaide was huge. Um, but in terms, of the, in terms of the brand in Australia and in terms of, golf in Australia it's all going strength to strength and we definitely are up and set ready for a big year in 24 um, through our partnerships with with retailers and what's happening 
um, at local golf course as well. But the Aussie summer looks really solid this year. We've got some great players coming out for the big tournaments. Um, and as well as like some great brand ambassadors are doing well. Hayden Barron and, and obviously Michaluzzi, um absolutely flushing it. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really good summer. Just a quick one before we let you go, Forty, and this is could be a little bit inside baseball from me, but but personally, uh, one of the players that I kind of flagged when we did our well, first half of the summer preview that I was expecting big things from was uh, everyone's favourite lefty from Queensland, Laurie Flynn. And I saw that you took Loza out to your beloved Spring Valley last weekend down in Melbourne. So can I get a read from someone who's seen him in the flesh? Obviously, he's played a little bit in the West Australian swing, but he's coming home to Queensland this week. I want to know from someone who's walked 18 with him, seen him, you know, up close. Should I be confident about Loza moving forward as I was at the beginning of the summer? <laughs> Mate, firstly, you're absolute legend of dude. And he's obviously reached oh, out. One, one of the, one of the, one of the best. One, one of the, of the best, best likes I know on the golf course and um and off the golf course as well. But I mean he his like his game off the tee is pretty pretty special. Um some of the lines he took with less than driver and keeping up with my driver around Spring Valley is quite interesting. But mate, yeah, the trees didn't exist. He has the most control over his golf ball I've seen. Um but yeah, I definitely I definitely back at him this summer. Like the way he flushes that golf ball is unbelievable. And he just has to have the putts drop. That was he didn't quite have the putts drop around Spring Valley, but the greens were pure. And um, yeah, it's a yeah for me. It's just his game is it's got everything you need to be to be successful. So um, I'm looking forward to watching him a lot closer this year. And, and moving down to 13th Beach, I'll see him down there at the Big Open. And yeah, look forward to following him around. His game has everything you need to be successful, except uh, either some aero jets or some apparel. So we'll work on that. We'll put a bit of a side word we'll in there, maybe we'll get him into the stable. Forty, but uh, look, mate, it's been it's been a pleasure to have you on as it always is. Uh, and as we said, uh, we couldn't think of anyone more appropriate to come on and announce. Uh, you know, our very first presenting partner is Cobra Pima Golf, and the man who's been there from the outset, mate. It's a pleasure as always, and thank you, and thank the broader CPG family for their ongoing support. We look forward to what's going to be a big summer ahead. Absolutely, boys! Can't wait to see you guys in Melbourne. We'll test out some new sticks. Good man, Forty. Thank you, mate. Thanks, boys. Yeah. Well, Drewster, there we have it. It's been a couple of years in the making, but we are now the 19th Tee Podcast proudly presented by Cobra Puma Golf, a partner, as we mentioned now, 40, who's essentially, I mean, we never can our first 40-odd episode, so we can say essentially been on since the uh, since the get-go, and it's wonderful to have them increase their support to uh, become our very first presenting partner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've we've been working with CPG for, for a while now uh, anyway, um, and they've been wonderful. Obviously, uh, people will see in the background of your uh, shot there some of the the uh, the sticks that have, you know, they're wonderful clubs. Haven't helped your game particularly in terms of scoring. Km, they're not magic sticks, as um, as they say. Yeah, it's not a wand. As they say, yeah. <laughs> say in the industry, but no, uh, you know. Also, shout out to yourself as well, mate. You've done uh, a lion's share of the work in getting this one over the line. As I've stepped back from the. Uh, the commercial side of our our uh, thing to focus on editing and all the the other stuff. So it's been uh, it's been a wonderful wonderful deal to get over the line. We look forward to a long and prosperous relationship with Cobra Puma um, moving forward. So I'm very excited. Lots of cool stuff coming um, across the course of the next year. Anyway, so keep an eye out. All right, true. It's a bit of news around as we said at the very beginning of the 
episode, we'll start with the Asia Pacific Amateur. Uh, Royal Melbourne flexed its muscles once again over the weekend, produced a stunningly exciting tournament. Uh, thankfully, for the second year in a row, it is in fact an Australian taking home the title as the Asia Pacific Amateur. Of course, it was Harrison Crow last year. This time round, it's Aussie Jasper Stubbs who got the job done on the second hole of a playoff in dramatic fashion. Uh, really an, an incredibly exciting finish and, and well supported there by a ton of Royal Melbourne members, but also uh, the broader passionate Melbourne golfing public who got out in their hundreds and and sometimes even thousands across points of the weekend uh, opens up a, a massive opportunity for him next year. As Harrison Crowe did, he will take his place, Jasper Stubbs in the 2024 Masters at Augusta National. He's also on his way to Royal Troon for the 152nd Open Championship and takes a place in the RNA Amateur Championship in June at Ballyliffin in Ireland. And I would imagine a few other doors will open for him, Drew, as it did for Harrison Crow. So uh, I think he's the fourth Australian now to to win that title, the second in as many years, as we said, and did it in dramatic fashion in a playoff. Uh, but credit to Jasper Stubbs. He's, he's written his name to the history books as it relates to Australian golf. Yeah, absolutely, Cam. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think it's... It's such an interesting one because, you know, automatically I want to talk about Royal Melbourne and how great it was. And and I think, you know, um, many people, we will. Have, we will. We, we will. many, many people have done that. And I'm sure we'll spend a few moments on it. I mean, it's hard. I do find it with Royal Melbourne. It's hard to find new things to say of what already hasn't been said. But, you know, I, I think a exciting for an Aussie to win it on home soil. I think that's, that's a, you know, an incredibly exciting uh, tick in the, tick in the box um, and, and to get it done in the manner that he did, of course, in, in that three-way playoff, um, you know, over, over two uh, very talented Chinese players. I mean, you know, one of which um, had a 65 on Saturday, if you don't mind, which I believe was um, the, the, the amateur record for the composite course at Royal Melbourne, uh, Samson Jeng. Um, so it, it was, yeah. Dramatic fashion, um, I'm sure, you know, just looking ahead here, Samson probably would have a few, uh, you know, a few bad memories of that final round shooting four over par. But, uh, yeah, it was it was Jasper Stubbs at the end of the day. And as you say, everything that comes with it now, you know, um, I always find it fascinating with these sorts of tournaments where so much is on the line um, for, for players who are, you know, they're not professionals, of course. It's, it is in, it's literally in the title of this um of this event i find it always fascinating for players who aren't professionals to step up and deliver in the manner that they they did um across the the, the course and you know went 72 holes and had to go a couple more to get it done and um the flat stick really shone through and in, in the playoff holes and um yeah just just really happy for him he looks like such a good dude and and in some of the the media pieces that i've seen he, he comes across that way as well so yeah really pumped for him really pumped for everything that's going to come his way in terms of you know those major um entries and and everything else and the other doors that this will open and it'll be fascinating to see uh you know where where his career goes from here marshy yeah you mentioned the pressure uh hard to think that poor old Samson Zhang wasn't considering what laid ahead of him with a four-stroke lead at the end of 54 holes, ballooned out the five strokes at one point on his front nine, uh, only for it to all fall apart. And I felt desperately sorry for him, Druids. I mean, he didn't even make it to that second playoff hole. 
He dipped out after the first playoff hole. Mm. Uh, dramatic finish, as you said. So uh, both Jasper Stubbs and Wen Yi Ting, the other Chinese player who um, made into the three-man playoff and eventually advanced to the second playoff hole, they both birdied the 18th um, on the first playoff hole. Uh, Jasper Stubbs first, which was the first birdie on 18 all day yesterday. Mm. So that gives yeah. you an idea of how difficult the course was playing. Um, incredibly firm incredibly fast winds at times gusting 20 to 30 knots uh and in a clutch moment to produce i mean both of them did and then jasper did again on the second playoff hole to put himself in a position to win the tournament uh yeah i just think the tournament itself as well you know um inherently pure i've heard it said a lot and i tend to agree with uh it was a great reminder of what golf can and should be Mm. we've had plenty of reminders of of the ugly side of the game in the last 12 months and um, seeing amateurs play for something that means so much a place in the two biggest tournaments in golf on the line at one of the best courses in the world. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a delightfully enjoyable couple of days of golf. Um, you mentioned Royal Melbourne uh, unsurprisingly, because it's exactly what happened after the 2019 president's cup, people falling over themselves in praise of the course and Jasper Stubbs is the winner, but the course itself may be the greatest champion of the weekend. I've seen um, essays written, uh, Jeff Shackleford, a very prominent golf writer calling for again, the case to bring a major um, to Australia and played at Royal Melbourne. Of course, the president's cups coming back in 2028, I believe it is. It's just, it never ceases to amaze me that every opportunity it's given, it never ever misses. And I think that's one of the true the, the the true shining features of the great courses that we we have in the world. You you look at Augusta immediately jumps out right. Um, of course, the old course um, in in a lot of ways, Pine Valley, Pebble, Pinehurst number two, um, Troon. I'm probably missing a whole bunch of them, but they always shine through as being consistent, pure golf, and and that's exactly what Royal Melbourne was again. I do. Um, I think there's also this infatuation with Royal Melbourne as well, sometimes more so than um, courses like Augusta or Pinehurst or, or, or others. Um, Cause we don't get to see it. We don't get to see it that often. Even on the Australian tour, there's no event that regularly goes to, to Royal Melbourne. So we don't see it. We only see it during president's cups at this point in time for professional, professional golf. And I think, that kind of sets it apart from an Augusta that we go to every year. And, and sure, there are little intricacies that change year on year, but the the fact that it's, it, it's you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And um, then when you come back and you go, wow, this is actually very, very special. So, yeah, I mean, Royal Melbourne, amazing. I think, you know, as I've said, had was very fortunate to walk around there for the uh, 2019 President's Cup and and kind of get a bit of a sense for it. But I think it's, it's a little different when you when you get to see it with um, less people on the property and really get to understand it. So hopefully one day I get that opportunity. But um, yeah, super pumped to to see Royal Melbourne continually get the the praise it deserves. And um, you know that's just one of I know it gets a lot of um, praise and deservedly so. But that is just one of a handful of world class golf courses in that area. And um, I think that's important to note as well that it's not not just standing alone on its own. Well said, Drews, and I completely agree. It's been a, a bumper few weeks for 
Australian amateur golf. I mean, obviously Jasper Stubbs headliner headlines a, a a big bunch of Australians in there. Billy Dowling um, played quite well in that tournament himself uh, as well. But only a couple of weeks ago, Drew's uh, the Aussies also clinched a silver medal at the World Amateur Team Championship. Uh, at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club. So just looking here, um, Australia's first Eisenhower Trophy medal since 2016. Um, that team was Cam Davis, Curtis Luck and Harrison Endicott, who won in Mexico. Uh, but this team, Jack Buchanan, Jeffrey Guan and Carl Phillips, if you don't mind. I mean, as it relates to men's amateur golf in Australia, uh, that's three pretty handy names. They take yeah. the silver medal uh, yeah. at the World Amateur Team Championship back in Abu Dhabi a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we've spoken countless times about that wave coming through. Um, probably Jeffrey Guan's taken the headlines there, but Carl Phillips as well. You know what he's doing there at Stanford, I believe, from memory he's at. Yep. Over in the States. So, yeah, the, the next generation really starting to make some waves uh, at a global amateur level, Dreads. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I was just looking through the uh, list here, the leaderboard. I just saw Jai Pickin finished in a, in a tie for... Tie for 39th, didn't have his best Sunday, but was, you know, looking pretty good for most of the tournament. Um, did I see uh, Connor Fuchs, another one, T48. Um, did I see, who did, oh, maybe I was I was dreaming things. Did I not see Jeffrey Guan in this field somewhere? The playing in the in the tournament? Yeah, T, in ninth, outright ninth, and Billy Dowling, as he said. Mm. So, um yeah, just a really, really good crop coming through, and I think Australian golf's in such good hands, both male and female, as we've we've mentioned. Um, you can add numerous names to it um, to to that list, and I think um, you, you know we're we're looking good for the future. And I think as more players start to go through either the college system or getting through the um, the the Aussie tour here, which is only getting stronger, um, our crop will only continue to grow and grow, and we'll, we'll start to see more players take that leap like Dave Michaluzzi's done and, and like Hayden Barron and, and Justin Warren and many others have done over the past couple of years as well. So I think it's in a, in a really good spot. Well said, Drew. Yeah, the amateur game going from strength to strength. The women's as well uh, didn't medal at the Women's World Amateur Team event but played well. Maddie Tolchard uh, was in contention there for a significant amount of that tournament in the mm. individual rankings as well, uh, eventually falling away in the final round, but that women's amateur team. So to your point on both sides of the ledger, um, as it relates to Australian amateur golf, we've got a crop of players well and truly poised to make that progression into the senior ranks. Uh, professional golf. And I think the, the prosperous couple of years we've had um, domestically on the European tour and increasingly on the PGA and LPGA tour, uh, is set to continue when you consider the talent that we have, you know, shuffling through that next wave. So it's delightful to see. Um, Drew, speaking of results around the world, um, just briefly, because I know our attention is increasingly on the Australian summer, and we'll turn our attention there momentarily on this program, but just updating people, uh, the Maybach Championship on the LPGA tour. Celine Boudier won in a nine-hole playoff. Mm. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> incredible nine-hole playoff. We had that one. I can't remember which tournament was on the PGA Tour a couple of years ago. I think it went to five or six holes, but nine holes is 
quite incredible. Uh, Hannah Green was the uh, fastest finishing Australian there, a tie for 17th. Sarah Kemp in a tie for 34th. And Grace Kim, who's also confirmed she's coming home for the Australian summer, I saw just last week, which is excellent to see. She finished in a tie for 34th. Steph Kuriaku ran out the field and outright 59th. On the men's European tour, the DP World Tour, uh, the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters, Sammy Valamaki, who absolutely smothers a ball. He won on the first playoff hole. Jason Scrivener, his best finish in a long time, T9. They're a top 10 finish for Scriv. Uh, on the ladies' European tour, Minji Lee competed in the Aramco series in Saudi Arabia. Uh, she was the best finishing Australian in a tie for six. Kirsten Rudgley, the WA player who we've mentioned a lot on this program with an incredibly bright future ahead in a tie for 35. On the LET Access Series, Kelsey Bennett, a classy T4 finish, and Amy Walsh, tie for 37. So that's kind of a bit of a whip around the grounds, internationally speaking, across the weekend. Uh, Drew's turning our attention to home. We will look at the Queensland PGA coming up this weekend at Nudgy Golf Club in just a moment. But a bit of news around... Um, uh, I don't want to bury the lead. So I, I I considered maybe staying positive for the time being, but it's been an overwhelmingly positive uh, episode to date. So let me take it to the negatives just for a moment, if I can, if you'll indulge me, please, for just a moment. Uh, an, announcement, an announcement through from the tour late last week. Uh, the headline reads, Blocks Banner Year continues at the ISPS Handler Australian Open. After becoming one of the biggest stories in golf in today being confirmed as part of the field for the ISPS Handler Australian Open, think that the USPGA Championship at Oak Hill in May earned him a return to the major championship in 2024 and especially his Sunday hole-in-one alongside playing partner Rory McElroy. It's so reads on uh, and really a thinly veiled justification of giving a spot to Michael Block at this year's Australian Open. Drew, it was mixed reaction. Uh, your thoughts, if I can, from the top. Michael Block playing the Australian summer. Yeah, I mean, look, probably along the same lines as what I think. You know, we put it out on our social media. I think you might have popped it up sort of chasing a bit of feedback from people. And I wouldn't say that it was mixed feedback. I would say that it was overwhelmingly negative. And um, I would say that 75% of the responses that we got came from tour players on on the tour at present, essentially criticising um, criticising the decision to give Michael Block a spot. I mean, I, I mean, I have nothing against giving spots to, to big players to attract tickets. I just don't think that Michael Block is the player that's going to attract um attract ticket numbers. I don't I personally I'm happy to be proven wrong. I just don't think he's going to do that. And I think the, you know the flip side of it is that you know some um uh, you know an Australian player misses out. And they're the two reasons that I think um that I'm that I don't love this announcement. If they had announced that Dustin Johnson or someone was coming down to to, to, to play in it or Jordan Spieth, like he did a handful of years ago. Like, I think that'd be totally different. I think that would drum up a lot of ticket sales. And so I just, I, I don't love it. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I think I'm probably in the majority here um, in sharing that thought, um, but happy to be proven wrong. And I think, um, you know, I, I think the reaction of the players that 
got that replied to our social media post. Um, and you know, if you look across social media more broadly, I think that we're probably in the in the majority here, Marshy. So that's probably all, all all I really have to say on on the block party coming to coming to Australia. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head in the sense that uh, what they had hoped to land was a name that would shift the dial. And ironically, the only people who really know who Michael Block are are the same ones who you're likely to incense by gifting him a spot in our blue ribbon event down here in Australia. Because mm. like this is a guy who's a PGA professional who had a wonderful 15 minutes of fame around the PGA Championship this year, ultimately finishing a top 15th. Yes, he enjoyed arguably the moment of the tournament with his hole-in-one on Sunday. And I was all, like, I was all in. You can listen to the tapes, go back, listen to our review of the PGA. I thought it was excellent. It was a great story. And it was good fun for the two, three, four weeks to kind of continue to bleed on after that tournament. But to think some kind of eight, seven months down the track, we're gifting a spot in our national open, a tournament that's only just come back on the radar at a time when we've got players screaming out for opportunities. And whichever way it's spun, it's unavoidable to say it's at the expense of someone else because it is. Like you haven't created an extra spot in the field. You've given that spot. You could have invited and granted an exemption or, or a sponsor invite to anyone. And you decided to give it to Michael Block, who isn't a big enough name to resonate, resonate outside of the golf community. So, yeah, look, I think we've spoken a lot recently about things they've got right. And they've got a lot of things right. You know, announcing another commercial partnership in the last seven days mm. with Crown. Mm. Um, which is a, which is an excellent move forward. You know, we, we talked about Challenger coming on board as a naming rights partner the whole tour. Excellent move. The broadcast deal with KO, fantastic across the summer. The full schedule of 18 events, wonderful. Um, but if we're going to talk about all the good things, this is a complete own goal in my estimation. Uh, and to your point, I'm, I'm, hey, if we have to get on here and eat humble pie after the Australian Open because... It's front page of every newspaper and Blocky's on the project and sitting down with Carl on 60 minutes and, and doing all that sort of jazz and fantastic. But I, I, I remain to be convinced. And I think it's a, it's a terrible own goal from them um, when they're on a bit of a hot streak of, of good opportunities. So yeah, I think that's all we need to say about the block party. Um, in positive news, as it relates to those three tournaments, uh, confirmation that, all three defending champions. So Adrian Marunk from the men's competition, Ashton Buhai from the women's competition, and Kit Poppett from the All Abilities Championship have recommitted the Australian Open. Uh, and that coincides with Marunk's commitment to both the Australian Open and the Australian PGA. So Marunk committing big time to the Australian summer, as are a number of players now. Um, players coming home, the likes of um, Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Cam Davis, which is excellent. Um, I'm not sure that we'll generate many more international names, but credit to Adrian Marunt, who, you know, his win at the Australian Open last year kind of catapulted his run into a very unlucky, probably 13th spot on the European Ryder Cup team. Uh, and, and he's coming back because it, it, it was the kind of kickstart of his great summer. It's good to see him recommit to come down under this summer. Agree. And, you know, just as we yeah said, it was probably a, a miscue to to get uh, block Michael Block down here. Awesome to get Adrian Marunt back defending and um and and the defending champions from all three categories as you said marshy i think Morocco is, is a really good draw card 
um, for the tour. Um, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a very, very good player. Um, wouldn't be at all surprised if he was in contention again, um, you know, can play. So yeah, I'm pumped uh, to, to see him come and, and defend the title. I think that's always, um, you know, that's always something that I like seeing is players out going for back-to-back because it is very rare. So uh, yeah, that, that is, um, you know, you said the other one was an own goal. That's a uh, that's a goal in the back net for uh, for for the tour. So well done on getting uh, Adrian Moronk back for year two. Uh, and just finally tonight, Drew's Queensland PGA. So we had a week off. Uh, we had the weekend off, and now we are up. A defending champion is Aaron Wilkin. Um, remains one of my favourite chats we've had on this podcast in the four or five years we've been doing it. it was Aaron Wilkin after winning the Queensland PGA last year? He couldn't join us the day after because he was originally going to and had one of the all-time sessions on the Sunday evening and we pushed it out to the Tuesday uh, and of course we got the full story and the warts and all um, you know back and forth between he and our maybe best mate Justin Warren mm. uh, who played in the playoff who was also sleeping on his couch last week so it's one of the great stories the defending champion Silky Wilkie coming back to defend his title at Nudgee uh, as I mentioned there at the top with, with 40, uh, the reigning order of merit champion, Dave Nicoluzzi makes his first start of the summer as well, which is great news. He obviously last start was a T14 finish after an exceptional final round at the Alfred Dunhill links over in Scotland. He didn't rush back and play the WA PGA or in South Australia. Like some of us did, he's had a little bit of time off and he's into the field. Uh, we've got, some players coming off the back of the Asia Pacific Amateur, Kazuma Kabori, the very exciting Kiwi, who makes his first professional start after a top 10 finish in the Asia Pacific Amateur the weekend just gone. So an exciting tournament, Druids, and, and a challenging course in Nudgee, not least of which that closing stretch, including, you know, the 150-odd yard force carry across the pond for the par 318. It's a cracking tournament, this. It is, yeah. And obviously, you know, a bit of a few fireworks last year um, on 18 uh, that, that came down to those final couple of holes and as you said Wilco uh, got the job done over over Wazza there um and yeah just a, a funky green and funky pin position that kind of forced a few interesting shots uh interesting that you mentioned Wilco actually I've noticed he's changed his Instagram handle as well so um I can't it's got something to do with silk now and I, it popped up and I thought yes. who, the hell, who the hell is this I don't remember following anyone by this name and uh, it turns out it's Aaron Wilkins so um Interesting decision to to change your your uh, Instagram handle. Uh, I'll give you my tip straight up here, Marshy. We spoke about him before, and I nearly interrupted you when you were um, uh, singing his praises. But I'm going to go with Laurie Flynn here in his home state to get the job done. I thought uh, he was he's had a very good start to the year. I know that he did. Excuse me, he did miss the cut uh, the recent uh, event in South Australia, but before that, T29 out in WA. Uh, sorry, out in Kalgoorlie at the WAPGA T9 the week before at the WA Open. I think there's some good form um, around him, um, you know, players uh, in terms of players finishing around him that are also progressing on. So it's not just a flash in the pan. Um, he was T43 at this tournament last year. So obviously looking to uh, to improve on that. But um, yeah, I think he's good enough to win. I think he's hitting the ball Um very, very nicely. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Laurie Flynn. Don't know if you're going the same way, judging by your reaction, but uh, you can give me your tip now. I'm not. I was just really excited that Loza 
uh, is is a selection for the weekend. I do have a, a deep and abiding affection for that man. You know that, so I'm pleased to see him uh, be picked. He's not my pick, but I am pleased to see him be picked uh, for this tournament because he looks great out there at Najee last year. No, Drudes, I... Um, it, look, it's probably a little too obvious, but I'm going to go with, uh, with Mika. Okay. I just think the way in which he finished... Uh, like he had an incredible final round, if you recall, in his last start at the Alfred yeah. Daniel Links. So he was nowhere. I think he was in the 30s or 40s coming to the final round and had a maybe an eight under or nine under uh, to finish in a, in a tie for 14th in horrific conditions. Um, he's had a little bit of time off, which I, I think is a better run in than some of those other players. Um, someone like a Baz, with all due respect, who did an incredible effort. Uh, to finish the way he did in WPGA off literally no sleep, probably in the travel and turning up there. But I just think Mika having the benefit of flying home, spending a bit of time in and around family in Melbourne and, and having a bit more of a level and consistent preparation heading into this tournament. I don't know. I, I, there's something I see in him, uh, even his quotes today, he was interviewed from the course there at Nudgee and yeah, I, I think he's got a bit of a point to prove. He's certainly not going to play the volume um, that he played last year, I, I don't think, because obviously he's he's got his card guaranteed for the, the next European Tour season, courtesy of winning the Order of Merit last year. But I think he'll be very strategic in the tournaments that he selects that he knows he can he can truly challenge. So, uh, as I said, maybe a, I won't say lazy selection, but maybe an obvious selection, but I, I, I'm going to pick Mika this weekend uh, in his first up start for the summer. What I will say is that both Laurie and David are fuming now because our picks have been... Nothing short of dreadful in oh. the opening, opening few rounds uh, of, of our tipping game. Yeah. Um, I think we're running at an under. I mean, we've had two. We've we've done two tournaments worth of tips. I think I've had one player make the cut, and you haven't had either. So uh, we're we're operating. I was at 20, just about twenty five percent. So we're 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 going pretty well. Just. just... Just about to say, Laurie and Mika will be lucky to make the weekend, <laughs> um, given we've now tipped them. So, my, my deepest apologies to both, uh, who, you know, we are we are very fond of both. Just a couple of quick things. Um, recent champions, obviously, we mentioned Wilco, Aaron Wilkin last year, um, Anthony Quayle and the COVID year of 2020, uh, Daniel Nisbet 2019, Daniel Fox in 2018, and the list goes on. The course record is jointly held by Quayley and Hayden Barron uh, in consecutive years. So Quayley is championship year of 2021 hit a 65 and Baz did it last year as well. And just thought it was worth noting. Um, there was a release by the tour today, bit of an overview of the tournament coming up this weekend, including uh, pointing out you can find it on KO uh, rounds three and four. 2.30 to 5.30 Australian Eastern Daylight. So that's 1.30 to 5.30 on Saturday, uh, Australian Eastern Standard. And that is 11.30 to 3.30. Fuck, that's good maths from me. Australian Western Standard Time. And then uh, the final round, uh, 12.30 to 5.30 Standard Time. And... 9.30 to 2. But the reason I'm calling this email out, Drew, is players to watch. Uh, that don't have I mean Aaron Wilkin dirty. He's a defending champion, mm. and he doesn't make the players to watch list. <laughs> so the players to watch 
Uh, David Nicolucci, understandably. Yeah. Uh, Austin Batista, the last start winner, uh-huh. uh, winning the WebEx Player Series in SA. Benny Eccles, also winner this year in the WPGA. Gailey, the NT PGA champion. Lachlan Barker, who is, of course, our Order of Merit leader at this point in time. Louis Dobler, who won the NZPJ earlier in the year. And Harrison Crow, uh, the New South Wales Open champion from last year, the uh, second most recent Australian Asia-Pacific champion, and, of course, only recently turned professional in second or third start as a, as a pro. The call out, and I say this with the greatest amount of respect, but I skip past his name. Second on the list of players to watch is the 2006 Australian Open champion, Long John Senden, mm. who uh, love Johnny Senden, Capera local, great Brisbane man, phenomenal player in his own right. But I've got some questions as to how the 2006 Australian <laughs> Open champion, a champion, who literally the last man whose name is ensconced on the trophy. Mm. Yes, I don't know. Look, uh, I, I'm happy with John Sidden in the field. I like that. I'm happy. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> I just gave gave him a kick because Michael Block's in there, but I'm happy with John Sidden in there. I Get reckon. There. I reckon that's wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Aaron Wilkin has a top five or a top ten finish this weekend because he's read that email. Okay. Wilco is exactly the type of person who'll read that and go, hang on a fucking second. I beg your pardon. <laughs> uh, and I would I would welcome it. So, look, it's going to be an exciting tournament. Spent a bit of time out there with Wiz last year when he went on his run in the final round. Uh, and I'll head out there again. Um, so, uh, a very, very, very affordable price as well, uh, which we have from Greg Glott. So, if you're in Southeast Queensland this weekend for the Queensland PGA, Dreads is going with everyone's We shall hopefully see both of them playing on the weekend. <laughs> Um, and hopefully see one of them holding aloft the trophy on Sunday afternoon. Drew, that'll probably do us. Um, yeah. I'm conscious that we're running to a time limit, and I'm also conscious that we are comfortably inside that, which is unusual for us. <laughs> so I don't want to tempt fate. Uh, it's been wonderful to have 40 on with that you know, really exciting announcement that this here podcast is now proudly presented by Cobra Puma Golf. Uh, and it will be going forward across a very busy summer. It's been wonderful to have your company on your birthday. A pleasure as always. Thank you. Um, covered plenty of ground. We'll tune in intently to the Queensland PGA Championship and be back in your ears with the review next Monday evening. Uh, all things being equal with the winner as well. Tridster, enjoy what is left of your special day. <laughs> Heading out to dinner, I know, with the family. La Famille, uh, which is beautiful. Um it's uh, it's always lovely to join you each and every week, mate, but on your special day as well. So happy birthday. Proud of you. Love being with you here on this podcast, and we'll do it all again next week. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.